Joel, are you okay? Shut up. Holy shit, are you dying? Okay. Okay, I'm okay. I'm fine. No, no, but are you? Because just a reminder, that you're dead, I'm fucked. Shut up, fine. Okay. Just the cold air. All of a sudden. I'm Derek. And I'm Noah. And you're listening to A Bite Of, where we take our current favorite pop culture obsession and enjoy it one nibble at a time. And we're continuing our many nibbles, our sixth, no, seventh, because we had an interview with Evan Bolter, DP of uh, episodes three through five. So if you have not checked out our interview with Evan Bolter, you should. If you love this show, you're going to want to know all the background information on what went into making the saddest episodes in TV history. <laughs> he gave us all the behind the scenes goodness. And if you want to hear Noah's beautiful, smooth voice and Eben's amazing <laughs> British accent and my mess of a queen's <laughs> voice, it is a trio of delight. <laughs> the sixth episode of a la- of The Last of Us. Of A Last of, of Us. Of A Last of Us. <laughs> And the snow is confusing us. Where are we? The Yukon Territory? Oh, my gosh. Uh, okay. This, you know, this show, every episode just gets heavier and heavier. And we thought last week was sad. This week is just heavy. Yeah. So, this week is family therapy. <laughs> Who's ready? Can't wait. I'm so excited to have a therapy <laughs> session with all of you. Hey, hey, hey. Before we get into it, make sure you're following us on all the social media platforms if you like us, because we post on there, and that's where we're at. All the links are down below. Also, Patreon. Like the show, support the show, bonus episodes, exclusive content, all that jazz. A dollar a month gets you a lot with us. We're cheap. Cheap <laughs> dates. So, <laughs> very cheap dates. <laughs> and then, if you're on one of those apps where you can rate and review and subscribe and all that stuff. It just like takes two seconds. We love it. Helps us. Shows appreciation without giving us a dollar. So there's that. The yeah. intrinsic value of your love. <laughs> right? Is in stars and words. <laughs> that I mean. <laughs> look up at the stars and hear your words of love. All right. Should we take a look back? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> All right, so let's look back at The Last of Us Episode 5, Endure and Survive. No, do we have to? I really... We have to, because you know why? They said... Okay, listen. They (laughs) said on this episode, this week, they said on the last episode of The Last of Us. And then we were like, oh, we have to relive it again. And then they said, you know what? We're going to open this episode up with the worst (laughs) scene from the last episode. So we're going to make you watch it twice within five minutes. Okay. And I'm going to make you relive it one more time. Thank you. All right. After waking up at gunpoint, Joel and Ellie share a meal with Henry and Sam and decide to team up. While Kathleen continues her search, the quartet take to the tunnels of Kansas City to escape. Wow. They make it to the other side, but Kathleen has a sniper waiting for them. When she arrives on the scene, one of her trucks crashes and creates a sinkhole, releasing hundreds of infected, including a contortionist kid clicker and a bloater. Wow. Oh, yeah. You're on a roll. (laughs) Just like her. (laughs) (laughs) Whoopsies. Uh, (laughs) Both Kathleen and Perry lose their lives during the confrontation, and Joel, Ellie, Henry, and Sam manage to get to safety. 
Sam reveals to Ellie that he was bit, and by the time the sun rises, Sam's time has set. Oh my God, you're three for three. <laughs> In order to save Ellie, Henry kills his brother and then turns the gun on himself. Uh, Joel and Ellie head west. Ah, uh, okay. Spoiler alert for everything. Last of Us, the sixth episode, and that depressing look back that Derek had to tell us. It's part of the show. Okay. I have to tell you. <laughs> Let us officially take a bite of The Last of Us, episode six, Kin. Ooh, we have uh, three episodes left of this show. Three. <sighs> three whole episodes. But we did not, not get a great cameo from people that I want a spinoff of immediately. Joel and Ellie meet. Marlon and Florence, these two like older couple, so isolated from everything that they think that there's firefly people out there. <laughs> they don't know anything about anything. They just know the world went to shit. If, if, <laughs> I mean, I think the true person you want to be during the apocalypse is Florence. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You just want to be sitting back being like, okay, I'll give you some soup. No biggie. <laughs> Let's hang out. Yeah. They seem pretty scared. It'll be okay. Whatever. Oh my God. Stellar performances by Elaine Miles and Graham Greene. We only got like five five minutes with them, but it was way too short. <laughs> I agree. More. We could have used a lot more time with them. I thought, I well, I mean, looking when it was like on the next episode of, I thought that they were part of the Jackson, Wyoming gang. Yeah, They're part not. of Tommy's gang. Yeah, yeah, they were just a pit stop beforehand. But- I mean, I'm sure everyone remembers Elaine Miles from a show called Northern Exposure in oh. the 90s. And that I, I my now I was so young when that show was on, but my mom loved it. And so it was like on at 10 o'clock at night. And I can hear fur, 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 <laughs> and that moose was like walking along the screen. Oh, man. And she had she brought that same just like even charm to Northern Exposure that she brought to this. Yeah, I loved her. Yeah. That she said it like seven times, and every time she said it, it was perfect. It hit perfectly. But it was nice that our duo got to meet some semi-nice people before we got to Jackson, which was also filled with nice people. They were standoffish, of course, at first, but she already gave him soup by the time Marlon came home. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the thing is, is so we, we meet them when Joel and Ellie are already in their cabin, right? And so uh, Marlon, who's played by Graham Greene, comes home and is like, what's going on? But what even happened? Like Joel and Ellie just like rolled up on poor Florence just hanging out and they were like, tell me where my brother is. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what happens. And he asked where the gun was and she's like, it's all the way over there. <laughs> you could tell that they are so, they've kept to themselves. They've been there for, I don't know, however long, three decades maybe that they they said, they seem to be doing well. They haven't gotten raided that we've know of. They're fine. I think that they saw, she probably saw the kid there and was like, whatever, like, I'll give them some soup. They'll be fine. Yeah. And she even says something to, to Marlon, right? Like, well, they're scared. Right. Like she could even tell that they're not feeling right, that they're feeling out of place. So she, she I, I bet looking at them, she's like, they're acting out of fear and that's on them. I'm just going to be chill <laughs> and hang out. What What are they going to take from me? Right, right. I can give them soup. That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> but alas, we had to leave them. So, so soon. And this is three months since, unfortunately, Sam and Henry have passed and left their group. 
So they got to, again, do some off-screen development. And when we get to them getting to the River of Death, they were warned not to go past this river, which we know is just Tommy's commune. And they just put the people that wrong them out there. So Mm. just because there's a bad reputation doesn't mean that you're a bad person, which I think Maria said in this episode. (laughs) (laughs) I do want to say, how do you feel about the three-month time jump? I like it. It's yeah. fine. I, I I mean, we get nine episodes this season and some of them are movie lengths. I think they're doing such a good job with character development and furthering the story in that way because the game had time jumps as well. Mm. So you had to get to those moments where the emotional climaxes of some of those conversations with this one had so many of them. You had to get those characters there and be comfortable with talking about that stuff mm-hmm. and ellie and joel whenever they're waiting to go there they had to sleep at night and we get to see the 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 aurora borealis and which was great i love that little that little scene it just visually looked amazing but she asks him okay if you know this is is a cure what do you want to do so i don't think that he would be as open to even say anything if we didn't get those little time jumps yeah, I agree. I mean, obviously, like you said, there were those three months of of development between the two of them. But it's so interesting that he's still, even after three months of being together, more than that total, he still has that barrier up. Yeah. And, and you can see she's constantly trying to chisel that facade away, but it doesn't seem to be working. Um, and we learn it's sort of, again, fear-based. It's a lot of fear within them. But I'm I'm really... There's a part of me that wants to know what happened within those three months. Was it just traveling? Did they come across anyone else? Did they meet any other infected? I mean, it's possible. You know, this is episode six. I feel like there have been barely any infected. I mean, luckily, we had that big cul-de-sac, you know, coup at the end of the last episode. But it really is so much about them and what they're going through. But three months, I guess, is nice that they maybe didn't have anything major going on. Well, also look at the territory that they're going through. Those states most likely didn't really have QZs. And Mm. if you notice, a lot of the QZs are in big populated places that when people think of America, what do they think of? Maybe Boston, maybe New York, you know, big hubs like that. So then it's also winter. If... I don't I don't know how fungus really works in the cold, but I don't think that they're as mobile. So mm. maybe it's a good thing. I believe in The Walking Dead there was I'm not comparing the two, but I'm just trying to do some like zombie infected science here. I don't think they're as active in the cold as they are not in the cold. Oh, yeah. Frozen. Yeah. Frozen infected. They're not going yeah. nowhere. <laughs> they're not in Fargo. But <laughs> hey, there's snow. So. Um yeah, and I guess you're right. I mean, they're getting they're getting away from more populated places. They're probably getting into farmland, you know, amber waves of grain and things like that. Well, to your point about, I think Joel is opening up, but not literally like showing it outwardly. When they leave the their uh, Marlin and Florence's house, he gets his first like really big like panic attack, his like fear coming up, and he didn't really show that before. And I think with this growing attached to her and opening up a little more, as we know in this episode, it's all because he's just scared. He doesn't want to mm. fail and he feels like he's constantly failing his daughter. And so the closer he gets to Ellie, the more terrified he is, which I think that's showing his growth as much as he could possibly show it. 
because he can't express it. So his body is like bubbling over with, you know. Very true. And I, I also think there is also sort of that emotion that you might feel of, you know, like when you prepare for something and right when you go on stage is when you're the most nervous. Yep. And he's getting to that point where, oh, this is the end of our journey. This is when I'm getting her. I'm almost where I need to get her. And the fear is really ramping up because now that he's so close, it almost feels like failure would be the ultimate, you know, upset at this point. Yeah, there's a lot of choices that have to be done in this. I know I've mentioned that before. There's there's literally a song in the score from the game called The Choice. And it every time there's a big choice that needs to be done in the series, especially with these two, because we know Joel is going to have to make a choice. Is he going to continue? to bring her to the fireflies or is he going to have Tommy do it? And it's a huge choice. And I think he knows that this is a possibility. So then not only is he scared that he's getting close to her and that he's going to fail, but he's also scared of what if I do make the wrong choice? What if, because I'm not peak Joel, like a year ago that could bash somebody's face in (laughs) at the blink of an eye, is it safe to do that? And so I'm, is it the right choice? You know, it could be. We don't know. We don't get the other choice with Tommy, so we, we would never know. But I think in the end, he does make what he feels like is the correct choice. So, you know, a lot of choices being made there, in this episode. There's a lot on Joel's shoulders. I mean, there's his, his past failures. There's this current journey. Uh, but then there's also, like you said, these choices that could really make or break him as a human. And I think the thing for Joel is that he puts so much value into sort of how he can protect those who are close to him. And so when he failed his daughter, when Tommy left, it was like one, two strikes. Will Ellie be my third strike and I'm out? Oh, more strikes. Tess, too. He feels like he failed Tess. Very true. Sam and Henry. He's like on strike eight <laughs> yeah. at this point. Yeah. And, and he does say at some point in this episode that in these moments where where he could have acted he froze right and so that fear is keeping him in place and so you know it's not good it's not good but it isn't it so it's like this character who's been so boarded up is finally prying those boards down but what it's revealing is someone who's incredibly afraid yeah i'm sure he has so much guilt so much fear so much responsibility And then he's meant to look like this terrifying figure, which he is, and he Mm. can be, which we've seen, but is that who he really actually wants to be? I mean, he reveals to Ellie whenever they're, he's supposed to, you know, do the night watch, but he's so tired that he doesn't even, he doesn't stay up for his watch, which is real telling for that character. But he tells her that he wants to have a ranch and have sheep. (laughs) Like, that's all he wants to do. They're quiet. I know it was a dig at Ellie, but. That just seems like the type of guy he would probably be. It also feels like the safer thing, right? I can be by myself on a ranch with animals. That Without way, people yeah. that I can fail. No one needs to, to rely on me. I just need to <laughs> yeah. raise these sheep. It'll be fine. And what I could do is I can sequester myself off from the rest of civilization because everybody's putting so much pressure on me. Everybody leave me alone. Okay. <laughs> I had to kill people in my past. I have to kill people now. Uh, he's over it. He just wants to take care of sh- some sheep. And I get that. Uh, another thing that happens, though, is that we see him sort of mumbling in his sleep when he falls asleep on that watch. So sad. Yeah. And he he's basically just constantly reliving his failures, constantly reliving the people he's lost. Who wouldn't? 
Yeah, I don't blame him. Especially you know. when every day he has to wake up and every day he's like, this is the person you now have to protect. <laughs> yeah. This is the only person that's with you and you have to protect them. So he's constantly worried. Well, he, I'm sure his decision to ask Tommy about taking Ellie, there's a few things, obviously the deaths of these people that have joined them on their journey so far, but it, I feel like subtle things happened right before meeting them that really pushed him to doing that. Then one of those is when they get past the first river and then there's another river and Ellie is the one that points out, wait, what if this is the river the death, yeah. that they didn't say? And he didn't even realize like he's slipping. He's not. That's not Joel. That's not what he's supposed to be doing. And of course, Tommy's people come. And that whole scene was very intense. I knew it was Tommy's people, but the dog, the dog, I didn't like it. <laughs> Well, I was scared for the dog. I was scared for Ellie. (laughs) Because, well, we don't, we don't know how, how the fungus presents itself in Ellie, if at all, right? She's bitten. You can see those sort of veins in her arms, but it doesn't spread. Well, she has it. It's just not acting. Right. So can the dog smell it? Can the dog not smell it? Right. Um, I do want to pause for a second though, and talk about how gorgeous these 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 scenes are leading uh, up to this. Oh my God! Just these beautiful rivers, this amazing snow everywhere, this beautiful wilderness. You know what is, the show is making me want to do? Move to Canada <laughs> because <laughs> get it's, me to Calgary. It's just beautiful. Like take out the infected and the the cities that are decimated oh, yeah, and everything, but the forests that we knew was not Boston. Yeah, <laughs> we know that this is not Wyoming, but like it's just beautiful it's stunning it's so good i mean that bridge shot yeah uh, i thought something was gonna happen on that bridge i didn't like how they shot that i yeah i thought it's a fine. hand was gonna pop up out of somewhere <laughs> some sort of sea monster infected bloater was gonna come out and i don't know throw up infected eels on them or yeah. something <laughs> i liked the welcoming party to tommy's commune and you know we see maria for the first time mm-hmm. and i absolutely loved what they did with Maria. They gave her a they lifted they lifted this character up a bit. A character that in the especially in the first game had a part, but they're really fleshing out these characters that you care about them and you're more intrigued with them. Like I can't really tell where to place them. Oh, what is this motivation? What is this motivation? But I liked what they did with her. What is Maria's role in the video game? It's a wife. I mean she's it's the same role. Yeah. It's just she doesn't She's not around as much gotcha. because this is more of a narrative format as opposed to playing the game in the game. Uh, they're not in they're not in this commune. Th- this village, this community is very much looks like the second part of the game. Yeah. Where we see our characters again and it's Absolutely. very settled in the first game where they find Tommy and his people. They're actually in that hydro dam. Oh, so, interesting. Yeah. So they made their settlement there. So I think the nod to showing that was like, hey, you know, they they probably started here, but now they're yeah, over here. And, and they even say that's where they get their power from. They get yeah. their power from the dam. I like that expansion of that because, I mean, do we really need that? Do we need to be in a bunker again? I was going to say, it's it's definitely prettier to be out in this beautiful commune than underground in some sort of damn, damn, <laughs> damn, damn. But after... A long, treacherous journey, losing many people along the way. We finally get the reuniting of the Miller brothers, and it's just so sweet. I just, I love it. It's so nice. 
the way he yells for Tommy. There is something about people reuniting that is like so beautiful. This actually reminded me of the color purple Mm. when Nettie and Seely finally get together and and Seely screams across the field. I mean, that one. Nettie! That one, I'm starting to get teary thinking of that one. I mean, it's... (laughs) I mean, Oscar. Oscar winning. You know what I mean? But... This one might be Emmy. Yeah, but there's, there's something about that and that's... It's the portrayal of the actors where where just screaming someone's name that you haven't seen who you love so much can be so effective and i got teary-eyed watching the last of us Ooh, man man so i mean the him seeing his brother the last time we saw him was in the first episode when they got mm-hmm. separated obviously they've seen each other since then but we have not seen it and joel remember he hasn't heard from tommy at all so part of his mission to get the truck the whole thing in the beginning was to go find tommy to save his brother and he gets there to this like idyllic community and oh. he's like what building like something something for christmas your like- boy <laughs> your boy tommy is like in a denim shearling number he's like hey bro look at my gorgeous hair and joel's like i just had to kill so many people and tommy's like look at this we've got christmas lights i mean that's but that's crazy it, up until this point we saw QZs. We saw all that. So we saw how like how many of these communities could try and fail in different ways. We got bunkers. We got, you know, QZs that were overturned. We got QZs that were just with Fedra. All this stuff. It's not working. But this community. Communism. Is. <laughs> I mean. Well, it was funny because she was like, no, we're a commune. It's communism. It was like, I was like, oh. That root word that yeah. makes so much sense. Okay, thank you for the lesson, Maria. <laughs> she, she really was like, no, guy, like, come, come on. But I mean, like, they're able to celebrate Christmas in some way, which <laughs> they had tablecloths on the tables. I mean, like, they are living the life here in Jackson, Wyoming. Yeah, they really are. The reunion is very sweet. Mm. I really liked it. I can't imagine what was going through. The glimpses of it throughout this episode, but like what Joel was thinking in that situation, like obviously he's happy to see his brother, but then he's like, you didn't need saving. Also, why wasn't I here with you? Well, right. That's what I was thinking. Right. So on one end of the spectrum, there's Joel who's like been searching for his brother. And then on the other end, there's Tommy who's been living this beautiful life and wasn't even getting back on the radio to tell Joel that he was there. Yeah. So it was almost like, was he trying to distance himself from Joel and the thing he's been pushing away from just walk through the door? I mean, so it's it's interesting. We get that conversation in the bar between the, the two of them. They're finally alone. They get to talk. And blow after blow, Joel gets in this conversation. He finds out that, you know, he's married to Maria. She's pregnant. So that's also why he's kind of been like, I'm just going to, you know, do my own thing. We're safe here. We're going to do this. But then, like, he talks about his time at the Fireflies and how they were like, don't talk to anybody. Don't tell anybody about the settlement, blah, blah, blah. But, like, at least tell him you're okay. Good thing he didn't because then we wouldn't have this story, I guess. But, well, you you could just be like, hey, you know, Roger, Roger, Ford. You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm fine. Yep, that's the call sign. Whatever, whatever uh, decade <laughs> of music that he needs to send him, that he's okay. Yeah, it's it's very easy for him to be able to do that. But you know, uh, choices. Yeah, I, and I think the choice was made by Tommy because Joel represents that dark point 
Yeah. Where they had to kill people to right. survive. And he doesn't want to deal with that anymore. He found this group of people. He has this beautiful relationship. They're going to have a baby. And he's like, this is my focus now. I don't want to remember that. And my brother, unfortunately, represents that because Joel comes in carrying all that baggage. Literally. You know what? I, like, Ellie. Ellie, she's here. <laughs> Things are still bad. Hello. Uh, and so I think Tommy's like, oh, damn it. Yeah. I mean. He found me. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. I think that the relationship between siblings outside of an apocalypse and going on murder sprees for two decades and everything. It's complicated. Yeah, it's usually about Christmas. It's, it all <laughs> it's, goes back to Christmas. It's always about <laughs> Christmas. All right. So a lot happens in Jackson, Wyoming. What I'm trying to like piece together what I even want to talk about. What do you where do you want to go? Where, what there's so much. Okay. One thing I want to mention, which will lead into a conversation. One thing I want to I mention. Hope. Because I'm a very technical watcher of these things, right? I can suspend <laughs> I can suspend my belief that there is a fungal outbreak and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But I do think a lot about hygiene and things like that. Okay. So when the Diva Cup is introduced, oh, yeah. I'm like, that's that's baller. Yeah. Like, because that is something that Ellie is dealing with. And now here is a bit of a solution to that problem where, you know, she doesn't have to come across the stray tampon hoard in the basement of a grocery store or whatever. You know. I it's those details that is cool mm. because I, I I I didn't think about that, you know, but adding that detail in this type of universe in the setting, it's like, oh, that makes sense. Like, yes, reusable. Yes. Something that's a little easier and that you don't have to scavenge for. Right. And the fact that Maria, the character, thought that and thought that far forward shows how community driven mm-hmm. shows how much of a you know a caregiver that she is absolutely and yeah. can see this 14 year old and knows exactly what she's going through 100 percent, and gives her the supplies that she needs yeah now the scene that follows this i found i i want to i'm like kind of trying to piece together what it means right it's an exchange of information uh we learn that maria also lost a child named kevin but this like haircutting thing and and like what is this scene represent i saw it as a few different things mm-hmm. one having ellie interact with somebody that can kind of open up a little bit to her talk to her at an adult level because joel tends to protect her a lot through a lot of things but also as a woman talk to her uh, i think it's important for ellie to see that there are strong women that you know she used to be what an attorney a district attorney before this and now she's running a whole community democratically you know elected Mm. but it just shows like how like this is a path that ellie could take and it was important also that she learned about sarah yeah and i think there's also something to be said about so I think what Maria has learned from Tommy is that Joel isn't the best person. No, he's bad news bears. And so Maria wants to take this opportunity to look at Ellie and be like, hey, do you know these things about Joel? And Ellie's like, yeah, I know he killed people. Yeah, I know about this. I know about that. I love it. Yeah. She's like, <laughs> I want another gun. Uh, so he gave me a gun. <laughs> she, it's, it's almost like Maria is trying to take her under her wing to warn her who she's been with. But Ellie kind of knows who he is. And I think Ellie feels that they really are two peas in a pod, her and Joel. They are. So the things that Maria sees as bad, I think Ellie actually looks up to. It was an interesting scene. It was hard to place 
Maria's intentions yeah. fully. I don't think that she had bad intentions, obviously. But what was her end game? It was it was interesting. Yeah, this this episode feels like a lot of I'm trying to think of like the right sort of metaphor. Is it a wedge? Like a lot of wedges trying to be put in between Joel and Ellie. Well, it's it's the choices, right? right. It's it, the choice of do you stay together? You you've done all this development, you went all this way and you're just going to stop? Right. And but it's like who it's like it, the wedges are coming from multiple angles, right. right? So it's Maria, it's Tommy, it's Joel himself. The only one that's trying to keep them together is Ellie. Yeah, but she's a kid. What does she know? <laughs> she knows a lot. No, I'm saying in Joel's view. <laughs> you know what, Joel? You've been with her for probably four or five months now. You should give her a little bit of credit. <laughs> Just a little bit. She did save your ass. Remember? Just saying. <laughs> remember how she shot that guy for yeah. you? Yeah. I mean, Joel's mental health and physical health it's really put on the purview here mm-hmm. that you, you, he's walking through the community and he sees that woman that looks a lot like his daughter, which was heartbreaking to mm-hmm. see. And then that woman that looks like his daughter had a daughter. And it's just it's so sad. Like, I don't even I couldn't even know what that character obviously would feel, but it's heartbreaking to see. And I I do like that instead of getting these arguments or these conversations of Sarah's name being brought up. We almost got a visual representation of that. And we see a little flashback of them celebrating Christmas. And maybe that's why Joel doesn't celebrate Christmas anymore. <laughs> and this this woman, this person that he sees would is probably around the age of what Sarah would be now. Right. right. Figure she would be in her late twenties, probably mid thirties, right? Because if she was like fourteen ish. Twenty years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So she could have had a child like this other person. Hundred so percent. He's constantly thinking of that. What would it have been like if she were still here, if I were able to save her? Well, not in this position you're in. <laughs> Very true. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. The award-winning performance, there's two, personally, that I think. There's the one with Ellie and Joel up in the room when she's reading the diary. Mm. And then when Joel is in the cobbler shop trying to fix his hiking boots and he talks to Tommy. This, I'll talk about the Tommy one because I just want to get out of the way. The performance of this man just, we did not, we have not seen this type of emotion from Joel. Mm. And, you know, Pedro Pascal tends to play these characters that is either stoic. They're stoic. Stoic and very like, I don't want to give you everything because I'm in the role of like daddy protector. You don't need to know what I'm thinking, but he bears it all to his brother. And I don't know if that was a means to just get it out there, but also to convince Tommy to take Ellie. But, him just saying that he's always scared, he's terrified, he, you know, didn't act with the dog, he didn't act with this, he's failing, blah, all this stuff. Oh, man. We needed it. <laughs> this, is, this is what Joel has been holding in this entire time, and he was finally able to just, like, emotionally vomit all over his brother. Like, this is what's actually going on with him. So... We definitely needed it. Joel needed it. I think Tommy also needed it to realize that I, I think Tommy had this picture of who his brother is. And by his brother saying this to him, it was a reminder like, oh, wait, he's human. Yeah, he's not a monster. Yeah. That I may have painted him as <laughs> to my wife. <laughs> I mean, let's talk about the gear upgrades, though. I mean, they're getting new boots. They're getting eggplant jackets. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're ready. They have been. The costume <laughs> department has been spot on with every single major outfit change that Ellie has gotten. She wore that exact hoodie at this part in the game. 
it's just it it just makes the gamer and me very happy to see those subtle things yeah. that like it's not gimmicky it's not you know being like hey guys remember this in the game they it's are, just happening they're honoring the source material <laughs> i mean even like but the costumes the scripts the look it's it's just chef's kiss yeah i <laughs> i do feel uh-huh. And this is going kind of segueing, but I, I feel like I have to talk about it or else I'll forget to talk about it. And then some people might be mad at me. I, I really think that this is going to be this commie, this community is going to be the setting or the start of the setting in the second season. If they do the second part for the second season, it looks so much like absolutely so much like it. And then there's two particular things that happen that make me think. Dinah is there. Mm-hmm. They're in the cafeteria where Ellie gets her first like real meal, which is so sad to even think about. <laughs> Ellie, Ellie is like when you adopt a dog from the pound that <laughs> like had a just a dry kibble life. forever. Yeah, that like didn't have a great life, and then you bring them into a civilized home, and they're just like, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> she's like, she's like Beast and Beauty and the Beast when they give him the makeover and he has to eat with the spoon. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. She's just like lashing out at everyone and like getting potatoes all over the place. Yeah, yeah. Oof. <laughs> Oof. But it's sad. I think it's. I mean, this is probably the first like warm greeting she's ever gotten from anybody her and joel are like such a mess oh my god they're feral they're, they're feral. feral exactly they're feral but <laughs> but this particular scene i feel like they made it a point to show this girl hiding behind the pillar because she looks just like the character from the second part totally i'm not going to spoil anything but she's a big character in the second part number two that makes me think that is that person there's a horse named shimmer which is that person's horse in the second part. And so, y'all, I mean, Shimmer is just a little baby right now. He's so cute. Mm-hmm. So cute. So you know that later he's going to be big horse. Yeah. <laughs> for someone else. <laughs> All right. The choice of the episode. The choice. The choice. The choice. Ellie is reading another sad moment for Ellie. Dear God. She got to experience a movie, kind of like a movie theater for mm-hmm. a second. She didn't seem like she really cared. I mean, Richard Dreyfus. I don't know if the kids love Richard Dreyfus so That's much. all they had. <laughs> I mean, they couldn't even scrounge up Elf. <laughs> <laughs> probably not. Buddy the Elf. They have probably had to get things that were actually on film and not That's like a DVD. True. Very true. <laughs> but she's in the room. She's reading a diary. And she's reading about a life that she will never be able to experience or relate to, which is... terribly sad very sad but also i like that she's all they care about is boys and what to wear cool (laughs) she's like yeah um i had to watch a kid i really like get murdered so (laughs) great i'm glad you pressed this flower in this diary you pansy (laughs) little bitch (laughs) hey she's probably dead yeah probably because she was too worried about some stupid shit instead of learning how to shoot a gun oh i mean hey i mean true <laughs> ellie is much more able to survive the harrowing adventures of the post-apocalyptic world of the last definitely <laughs> but okay she overhears the conversation with joel and tommy not all of it most of it she knows that he wants to give her away and have tommy go take her to colorado to where the fireflies are joel tries to explain it to her but she also can realize that she he sees her as his daughter and that he doesn't want to f- screw that up. 
And she's trying to remind him. The scene plays out exactly like it does in the game. And I think these moments are important to keep how they are. And it's something I think Joel needed to hear. Because he's just making all these decisions for everybody and thinks that whatever he wants and however he feels, that's how everybody else should feel. But Ellie telling him, everybody I've lost has either left me or died. You're the only one that has not done that. If I'm not with you, what am I left with? I'm just scared. Mm. And it's like, oh my God, just take her. You're almost there. <laughs> the both of them in this episode are finally, finally unearthing all of their fears. They're finally putting it all out there. And they've, it's just like so good to see. It's like cathartic for us as a viewer and being like, we know we feel so yeah. bad for you. <laughs> right. But it's so sad because she's pouring her soul out to him and he's kind of just like, sorry. Yeah. You, you don't know what loss is. Whoa. The way he delivered that line. I was like, one, I don't think you're listening to her. And two, you're scary. Yeah. There's, there's something to be said about Joel who can't seem to see past his own pain. Right. Because well, he doesn't deal with it. He doesn't either know how to or want to deal with it. So what does he do? His body attacks itself and he gets he's major ha- panic he's, attacks. He's having, exactly. He's yeah. having panic attacks. This yeah. man is, is not dealing with anything. He's keeping it all bottled up and it's eating him alive. And so the easiest way to deal with that is to push the person away. And that's what he's doing. Yeah. I Stellar performances, particularly from these three, from Tommy, Joel, and Ellie phenomenal performances and it is kind of heartbreaking to see her in the morning she's already ready to go when tommy goes in the room because i don't know if she was hoping that joel would do we it. all were but when she saw tommy she's like okay let's let's just fucking go yeah. let's go but joel's a bit of a softy and he gives her the choice again without hesitation she picks joel he's like friggin' friggin flipping flopping <laughs> friggin kid friggin kids God. I'm going to steal this horse. Let's go. I'm like 72 now. (laughs) Tommy's like, thank you. I'm going to stay here. I mean, what did he tell Maria? Oh, did he tell Maria or like? Well, that would have been a betrayal in its own, right? If he just left. She knew something was up when he came back to the movie theater and he did not even go near her. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what she feared. She feared whenever Joel was there that this would happen. That he would just take him out of safety. No, no, no. Can't do that. She's pregnant. <laughs> She's Louise. Right. I mean, bad on Joel's part. Like, don't yeah. act, like, come on, man. Tommy's like, we're expecting. He's like, well, can you take this kid somewhere? Yes. That's a five day ride from here. Thanks. Also, right. So like he did months across country. It's like, dude, this is less than a week. Five days left and he was going to leave her. Yeah. Not, not good. The sheep can wait. The sheep can wait. <laughs> they sure can. They can wait. All right. Speaking of animals, oh, monkeys, enter the monkeys. Hey, they had to show you something like, hey, the world, there's no zoos. Like monkeys are where they're not supposed to be. Well, it's sort of sad though, right? Because they're like, oh, these are the monkeys that must have broken out of the lab at this school. Yeah. And they're just taking it over again. This Good is our them. school now. Good for them. This is actually a prequel to Planet of the Apes. Or 28 Days Later. Oh, the rage. <laughs> the monkey rage. <laughs> Another phenomenal infected slash zombie property. If you have not watched 28 Days Later, it weeks is good. Eh, Not as good, but yeah. It has moments. Watch it. Like top tier zombie infected 
property. Oh, so well done. It, it has that like thing where the guy wakes up by himself in hospital and he's like, Duh? <laughs> that's the opening scene. Of- it is. Spoiler. <laughs> 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 but anyway, yeah. so they get to this college, this university in Colorado. And guess what? Fireflies aren't there. They're gone. They spray painted their little symbol everywhere and then they got out of town. Yeah, they obviously were there. They're not there. So they went all that way for nothing and they have to go to Salt Lake City. <laughs> you know who I blame? Merlene. Mar- Where are you? Marlene. She's like, yeah, go there. They're there. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> but they, it is interesting because why aren't they there anymore? So something might have happened. Yeah. To make them leave. Right. But how long ago was that? Because it did not look like it was recent. Agreed. But I mean, did Marlene think that they were going to get there quicker than three or four months? Maybe. That might have also been part of it. She didn't know that they were going to be skedaddling. Maybe. Well, actually, that's a good point. Because when they were test died, there was supposed to be a vehicle for them. They would have gotten a vehicle sooner than going to Bill and Frank's. Right. That's true. So maybe. You know, it's a little confusing because... When I think of The Last of Us as a whole, right, it's like, who who is the bad in this? And it's everyone. Yeah. It's the infected. It's Fedra. Each other. It's humans. It's probably, it's like. Cannibals. Maybe even the fireflies, maybe even the raiders. It's like, everyone is just gonna, it's like, no one can be trusted. It's like, well, the only people we could truly root for are Joel and Ellie. Yeah, I'm, well. Think about what Maria said to Ellie, and I think his important line for her is the only people that can really break your trust are the people, people that you trust. trust. Yeah. <laughs> so choose the people that you trust wisely because, you know, the She's more like, people you trust, the more people can betray you. And don't trust Joel, okay? Because Joel's <laughs> going to leave you, okay? And he almost did. <laughs> <laughs> but good thing he didn't because Tommy. But he almost stole our horse. <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm worried about most now. The horse. The horse. The horse. <laughs> well, thank God for the horse. Raiders. Out of nowhere. Or just people. Scavengers. Just happened upon the university. <laughs> Maybe they're the reason why the fireflies aren't there anymore. Mm-hmm. We get a very short action sequence. Very well choreographed. Very well done. They said, guess what happens below the frame? You'll never guess. Are you... Why I would I? No. Why Why would I guess that you could use a broken baseball bat handle as a, a weapon? Lesson, sports are bad. That's why I don't play them. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Joel, get, I mean, like just the circumference of a baseball bat handle is like bigger than a, a quarter. That's how big. Yeah, he got like, he got rightly and truly stab a hole punch like right Woof. in his gut and then he pulled it out which i i don't know if that was a good thing isn't that always like lesson one like don't pull it out i don't know what is it with stuff i know stomach wounds like in one of the like you know before really modern medicine they were fatal but like there's not modern medicine anymore mostly so i don't know if you do pull it out with a stomach wound or not i would think no <laughs> i don't know well he does and it wasn't a good choice <laughs> no because they're writing and he passes out. Joel, Joel, the only thing you had to do is stay on the horse. That's the only thing you had to do, Joel. She's 14. Oh, my God. You know, they also, get horses up. are tall. How is she going to put you back exactly. up? Exactly. That's the problem. 
I mean, I guess you could get him to, I don't know, a Drag branch. him. She's going to drag him. Yeah, something, <laughs> make some sort of pulley system. Did she get to simple machines at the Fedra training? Yeah. I don't know. But, you know, they, they get away and you're kind of relieved that they get away. You know that he's bleeding. But then the next scene, when his, he has the reins, but his hands are just covered in his own blood. Yeah. And he's like paler than the snow. Yeah. No. He's invisible. All you can see is clothes. He's Casper. <laughs> Yeah. My God. Uh, the final moments of this episode with Ellie begging him to wake up that she cannot do this without him, which is 100% true because, you know, the most heartbreaking thing she said, she doesn't even know where to go. She doesn't know how, like, what, <laughs> what the, where the hell are we? <laughs> what are train tracks? <laughs> oh my gosh. Marlon, Florence, we need you. <gasps> oh my God. Do you think Mar- they'll save him? Oh, I would love that. I would really love that. I don't know which direction they went. She's going to be like, I told you not to go across the river of death. <laughs> She's like, <laughs> have some soup. But here's some soup. Yeah. <laughs> and then Marlon's going to be like, you stole our rabbit. <laughs> so we're not helping you now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This, I, I know the, nec- the next episode seems to be like a flashback mm. episode because we see Riley's going to be in the next one. I, I'm not ready. I think it's I think it's a longer one, too, if I'm not mistaken from what I've heard out there. I really I don't want to watch the next episode, but I'm very excited to see what they do. And, you know, what's sort of evil is that if they if the entire next episode is the flashback, that means we are still hanging in limbo for two weeks with Joel's wound. It might be that I feel like. We're as far as the game goes take out the next episode we're like right there we're mm-hmm. like right towards the end of the the game so it almost makes sense for the next episode to be a flashback episode maybe we'll get some current stuff maybe the next episode is the part in the game that i like to call ellie's part and it's you're just playing it's ellie because joel is indisposed that part is really cool in the game so i'm curious to see how she fares by herself because he's indisposed so she kind of has to do everything while mm-hmm. he's getting back to health. So she's kind of kickstarted into the stuff that she was begging him to learn. <laughs> Guess what? You're an adult now. Yeah. <laughs> Hunting? She has to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Should have done that target practice a little more. Oh, man. I am the next episodes. I just like I'm very excited for it to be over. I was just, I was literally going to say that I've never enjoyed something so much, but wanted it to be over so badly. Yeah. 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 Cause it's just going to get worse. Yeah. It's just going to get worse. But hey, guys. Hey, you. You're, you're here with us. We're going to get through this together. We're all in this together. <laughs> we hope that even though this is heavy subject matter, that we can be light with it when it's appropriate. They and said you failed. Yeah. <laughs> but also make your, you know, your your weeks with some smiles after you cried your eyes out on Sunday. <laughs> Nothing says Monday uh, like tear streaked down oh your face. God. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. So next week, episode seven. What we're covering after this? Who knows? We have other episodes coming out, obviously, before them. But we got to find our next show. Comment below. What do you want our next show to be? And it will not be The Mandalorian season three. I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> no thanks just we'll watch know it. that i will be loving grogu that's all you need to know i watched the mandalorian for grogu spoiler we liked it yeah okay done <laughs> but let us know because march is looking a little thin 
So <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever emotionally recover from The Last of Us. Oh my God, it's just going to be like Care Bear season one. Yes, the Care Bear. <laughs> hey, that got that got pretty deep. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Next week, episode seven. Goodbye. Bye. Thanks for listening to A Bite Of. Artwork and editing by our own Noah. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at A Bite Of Pod and on Facebook at A Bite Of. If you have any questions, recommendations, or just want to say hi, you can contact us on abiteofpod.com. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review to spread the word. See you next time on A Bite Of. Bye. Bye.